Welcome, my friends. Welcome to another edition of the Corbett Report. I am your host, James Corbett, podcasting to you, as always, from the sunny climes of Western Japan on this first day of February 2009. I'd like to welcome all my listeners to the Corbett Report and invite them, as always, to check out the homepage, CorbettReport.com, where you'll be able to find previous episodes of this podcast, as well as a documentation list linking to all of the works cited in today's episode. Please also check out our articles, videos, and interviews from the homepage, and by all means, subscribe for free to our RSS feeds to stay up to date with all of the updates to the website. I also encourage my listeners to check out alqaedadoesntexist.com, where you'll be able to stay up to date with our latest project, a documentary exposing the Al-Qaeda myth. Those of you who have been keeping an eye on the website may have noticed that part two of the documentary was not released this week as previously promised, but I assure you it is coming and it will be posted as soon as it's ready. Finally, I'd like to give my sincere thanks to all of those who continue to support the website, both by spreading the word about the website and continuing to grow the audience for this podcast, as well as our interviews, videos, and articles, but also for all of the monetary donations that we continue to receive from our incredible listeners through the donation button on the CorbettReport.com homepage. So far this year, we've received donations from Germany, Canada, and two from the United States. So once again, I'd like to offer my sincere thanks to all of those who have contributed to the website. I'd like to stress once again that all donations will go directly back into the website to help fund the expansion of our operations. Not only will the funds that are coming in at the present time be used towards our documentary, Al-Qaeda Doesn't Exist, to help purchase music and software upgrades to make the project as slick as possible, I've also taken some of the funds that have come in recently and put it towards an online phone number. That's right, there's a new way to contact the Corbett Report. As the vast majority of my listeners and readers are located in the United States, I've taken out a U.S. phone number in the 512 area code. Listeners in the U.S. and Canada can reach me by dialing area code 512-553-0297. 512-553-0297. Listeners overseas or in another country, of course you'll have to prefix that with your country's international dialing code and one for the United States. And in case you can't jot that information down at the moment, don't worry. In case you ever lose that phone number, you can always find it again by clicking on the contact button on the homepage, and you'll be able to find our phone number. By all means, please use that phone number to leave feedback on the podcast, offer tips and suggestions, or just drop a line to say hello. Of course, all feedback is appreciated, and we'd love to hear from you. Of course, keep in mind that this number is only for voicemail messages, and it's very unlikely that I'll be able to respond personally to all the messages that I receive, but certainly your feedback is appreciated. And on one final note, although I have fallen a bit behind in my email correspondence lately, I will make a concerted effort this year to try to get back to people who donate to the Corbett Report website promptly with a thank you reply. So once again, thank you to all of those who continue to support our operations. And now, without further ado, let's get to today's real news. Today's top real news story comes from Infowars.net. Friday, January 30th, 2009. 
Defense Department announces civilian expeditionary workforce. Obama's promise of a civilian security force is set in motion. The Defense Department has established a civilian expeditionary workforce that will see American civilians trained and equipped to deploy overseas in support of worldwide military missions. The move is seen by some as an initial step towards fulfilling President Obama's promise to form a civilian national security force as powerful as the U.S. military. The intent of the program is to maximize the use of the civilian workforce to allow military personnel to be fully utilized for operational requirements, according to a Defense Department report. The program was officially implemented one week ago, on the 23rd of January, when Deputy Defense Secretary Gordon England signed Defense Department Directive 1404.10, which provides a summation of the duties the workforce will undertake. While the directive suggests that the DOD will at first seek volunteers to serve in the civilian workforce, Section 4, Subsection E, Paragraph 2 states, Management retains the authority to direct and assign civilian employees, either voluntarily, involuntarily, or on an unexpected basis, to accomplish the DOD mission. In addition, the directive states that all workforce members will be subject to physical and psychological testing, both before and after deployment. Back in July 2008, Barack Obama, then the presidential frontrunner, called for a civilian national security force as powerful as the U.S. military. We cannot continue to rely on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded, Obama told the Colorado Springs audience. The comments were ignored by the vast majority of the corporate media, but were found to be troubling by some independent journalists who compared the idea to the formation of the Nazi Hitler Youth. Fears of youth brigades or civilian Stasi-style units increased following Obama's appointment of Rahm Emanuel to chief of staff. In his book, The Plan, Big Ideas for America, Emanuel writes, It's time for a real Patriot Act that brings out the Patriot in all of us. We propose universal civilian service for every young American. Under this plan, all Americans between the ages of 18 and 25 will be asked to serve their country by going through three months of basic training, civil defense preparation, and community service. Today's second real news story comes to us from the AFP, Saturday, January 31st, 2009. Rudd. New World Order Needed Australia's Prime Minister has called for a new world order of government intervention and regulation, blaming capitalist greed for the global economic crisis. Kevin Rudd's administration came to power in November 2007, ending more than a decade of conservative free market rule, and has already launched a series of stimulus measures in response to the crisis. The time has come, off the back of the current crisis, to proclaim that the great neoliberal experiment of the past 30 years has failed, that the emperor has no clothes, said Mr. Rudd in an essay previewed here Saturday. Neoliberalism and the free market fundamentalism it has produced has been revealed as little more than personal greed dressed up as an economic philosophy, he wrote in a 7,000-word essay to be published next week in the monthly magazine. Aligning his views with those of new U.S. President Barack Obama and drawing on the experiences of Depression-era U.S. leader Franklin D. Roosevelt, the center-left leader called for a new contract for the future that eschews the extremism of both the left and right. Minor tweakings of long-established orthodoxies will not do, Mr. Rudd said, advocating instead a new era of social capitalism involving the regulation and intervention of an activist state. Today's final real news story comes from ABC News, January 28, 2009. Some credit card companies financially profiling customers. Be careful where you shop. It could affect your credit rating. A new policy being used by at least one major credit card company judges a shopper not necessarily by his credit purchases and payments alone, but also by the fiscal behavior of the fellow shoppers in the stores he visits. 
And in some cases, the bad repayment history of the guy behind you in line at your local megastore could result in a reduction of your credit line, which, in turn, could lead to a reduction in your credit score, all because of where you shopped. Kevin Johnson, 29, of Atlanta, says he got caught in such a financial headlock. Johnson is, by all accounts, the type of customer most credit card companies want. He runs his own public relations firm in downtown Atlanta. He owns his own condo in a nearby neighborhood. And he knows how to manage credit wisely. My dad worked in the credit industry, so talking about finances was a common thing in our household, Johnson said. I learned from an early age not to abuse that type of access to money. Two years ago, Johnson says he jumped at the chance to open a blue personal credit card with American Express. He says he considered the card prestigious. They have a wonderful rewards program where I can get a lot for my money, he said. In order to earn the most rewards points, Johnson says he used his American Express card as his primary payment method when he went out to dinner, bought groceries, or filled up his gas tank. In the fall, he even used the card to purchase airline tickets for a Jamaican honeymoon with his new wife, Deirdre. They left for the trip in October. But while Johnson and his new bride were sunning on the beach, a dark cloud was hanging over their mailbox. When the couple returned home, Johnson says he discovered a letter from American Express lowering his credit limit from $10,800 to $3,800. Johnson says his jaw dropped when he read one of the reasons American Express gave for lowering his credit limit. Other customers who have used their card at establishments where you recently shopped have a poor repayment history with American Express. Robert Manning, the author of the book Credit Card Nation, says Johnson was the victim of a relatively new credit scoring process being used by credit card companies. They are saying, we don't like the behavior of other people that are shopping in stores that you are currently conducting business. Therefore, that raises questions about your ability to repay the loan. Manning says the process, called behavioral analysis or behavioral scoring, is a new twist on the same type of data analysis credit card companies previously used to prevent fraud. They've crossed the ethical line in terms of looking at where you're spending your money and making a judgment about whether that's a good or bad decision for you to make given these financial times. Welcome, my friends. Welcome to episode 72 of the Corbett Report, Truth Music. Of course, music, like any other art form, is largely a matter of personal taste, and it's certainly not my intention here today to tell people what they should or should not be listening to, or what types of music they should or should not like to listen to. But I think it's nevertheless important to take a look at people who are attempting to spread the truth about the various types of issues discussed on the Corbett Report through the medium of music. Many people are affected by music and will take time to listen to a song who would not take time to listen to an hour-long podcast or watch a two-hour documentary. So it can be a very effective tool for the truth movement to use to get the truth out on a number of different topics. Now, in trying to define a term like truth music... It's helpful, as with many other terms, to try to define it in terms of what it is not. I think we can all agree that whatever truth music is, it is not something like this. skills and we're capable to change the world and make it more sustainable together we are strong and our bonds are unbreakable if we act bold we can attain the goal let's have the courage so we can be a service planting seeds when they flourish everybody will be nourished together we are better nothing to it but to do it it's a grassroots movement
That, of course, is the recent fascistic ad by Starbucks with the title, Are You In?, promoting Obama's call for everyone to pledge service to him and the U.S. government by offering a free tall-brewed coffee to everyone who pledges five hours of national service to the cause of their choice. Aw, isn't that heartwarming? For those who didn't pick up on the fascistic elements of that ad, might I just point out that lyrics like Together we are strong and our bonds are unbreakable is almost a textbook reference to the fascies, which is a Latin word meaning a bundle, symbolizing a bundle of wood tied together with red leather ribbon into a cylinder, which of course makes it stronger, representing a number of people, diverse peoples of a nation, being brought together under one system and made stronger because of it. This, of course, is an ancient symbol of authoritarian repression, but perhaps was most notably used in Italian fascism by Mussolini, who of course founded the first fascist movement in Italy. But perhaps an even more effective way of countering an ad like that is with humor, as James Evan Pilato did in episode 108 of his podcast, Media Monarchy, with this retort to that ad. And before that, we heard the Starbucks ad, Are You In? It's a grassroots movement funded by multinational corporations, fool. Yeah, change. Paid for by Goldman Sachs. Well said. At any rate, I would encourage my listeners to take a look at MediaMonarchy.com to find James Evan Pilato's podcast, which is filled with news and information and analysis of breaking stories from around the world, put out twice a week. Also, his website contains numerous valuable news stories. But if we can agree that such corporate PR is not truth music... Perhaps we can also agree that the various forms of corporate-produced pop bubblegum, teen angst rock, and bling-promoting corporate rap, however entertaining it might appear, is certainly not examples of truth music. In fact, just the opposite. We'll have more to say about how the corporate elite attempt to shape, influence, and even create culture through the promotion of various individuals in the music industry, but for now, let's take a look at some positive examples of things that we can point to as truth music. First up on today's list, we're going to be listening to some truth hip-hop from an unexpected source. Mike Adams, the founder of NaturalNews.com, a news source that I've referred to in numerous editions of The Real News, has taken on a new form, hip-hop, in order to spread the truth about the Federal Reserve the pharmaceutical industry, and other very important topics. Without further ado then, let's get into the music. Let's listen to Mike Adams performing I Want My Bailout Money from his new album, Beyond All Reason. Turn it up! I want my bailout money, keep the bills coming. Sweet green cash just dripping like honey. I'm a new kind of thug with the Washington buzz. Cause dealing dead face better than dealing drugs. What do you think will happen when they double the money supply? A fallen dollar makes it harder for you to survive. And take those billions and trillions and give it to their own kind. Hope you don't mind being wild blind. How do you think we got runaway credit? Ain't nothing going down unless the crooks in Washington let Now they regret it, but they still don't get it. Cause the economy is crashing so bad. And these are paramedics. I want my bail out money. Sweet green cash just dripping with honey. Gotta keep this economy running. I need another hit of my bail out money. Look at the stash. It's like a mad dash for the cash. They got the taxpayer taking it in the ass. The CEOs, they are having a blast. While the working poor trying to make the paycheck last. The bail out money is created with new debts. While they're rolling in the nibbles of private jets All the workers on the street Stripping sweats White collar hustlers are taking everything they can get They put the nation on a hyperinflation track No presidential administration can take it back And now the taxpayers picking up the slack Like they put a high dollar big brother monkey on the back I want my bail out money Sweet green cash just dripping with honey we Gotta keep this economy running I need another hit of my bail out money The prisons are filled with brother Steal every 
look at a dollar bill, you see the eye above the pyramid looking back at you. That eye is laughing at you, suckers. I want my bail, I want it. Keep the car running. Sweet green cash just dripping with honey. We gotta keep this economy running. I need another hit of my bail out money. Aren't you tired of paying for that? Tired of breaking your back for that? Being oppressed and suppressed while you keep paying your tax for that? We gotta get out of this financial trap. And it's never gonna stop until you take your country back. The politicians are useless. Don't you know that they used us? And the bankers refused us. Why the media screwed us? The authorities knew this. What's happening to us? Cause they make more money every time that they screw us. But you didn't think they're renting all that funny money just for you, did ya? We are drowning in debt. But the Fed isn't done yet. What are we gonna get? Budget's in the red. Economy nearly dead. The politicians said that we're I would encourage my listeners to go to naturalnews.com where they can find on the front page a link to the Beyond All Reason album with the two so far released tracks, I Want My Bailout Money and SSR Eyes, SSR Lies. Or, of course, you can go to the documentation list for today's episode and find the direct link to that album. On naturalnews.com, you'll not only be able to download the song and watch the YouTube video for the songs, but you'll also be able to listen to an audio commentary in which Mike Adams explains why and how he created the songs. But in order to find out more information about the songs, their genesis, their inspiration, and what he's seeking to accomplish by making hip-hop tracks, I contacted Mike Adams of naturalnews.com. The entire interview is now up on the homepage at corbettreport.com, and I would definitely suggest people take a listen to it, as it is a fascinating interview. But right now, let's take a listen to an excerpt from that interview in which we discuss the new hip-hop tracks and also the meaning of truth music. Let's listen to Mike Adams. This is James Corbett of The Corbett Report, and today I'm talking with Mike Adams. Also known as The Health Ranger, Mike Adams is an author, journalist, publisher, editor, and documentary filmmaker on a wide range of topics, and the founder of the Consumer Wellness Center, Better Life Goods, and Truth Publishing. And listeners of The Corbett Report might know him as the founder of naturalnews.com, an excellent source of information on health and planetary wellness issues. Uh, Mike Adams, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me today. Oh, you're welcome, James. Thanks for having me on your show, and let me compliment you for the awesome range of very informed topics that you cover on your website and on your show. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, now, Mike Adams, I think most people out there, including myself, know you best for your writing and speaking on health and wellness issues. So I must admit, I was really surprised to see two new hip-hop songs written and produced by yourself appear on naturalnews.com recently. So could you briefly explain for folks what prompted you to start arranging and producing this work and what inspired you to uh, undertake this project? Sure, yeah. Well, first of all, the, the two songs you're talking about, one's called I Want My Bailout Money and the other's called SSRIs hyphen SSR Lies. And both of them are available as free downloads. So if you go to naturalnews.com, you can download them and listen to them so that you can, you can know what we're talking about here. Uh, it's about getting the message out through a different medium, James. You know, you and I work in text and audio formats, and, and those are really great formats, and they reach a lot of people. But you ever notice that some people don't have that, the, the attention span to listen to a 30-minute interview or read a 1,000-word article? Some people really just want to be entertained, and that becomes a really good method through which we can help educate them and empower them with the kind of information they normally don't get from music or movies or other forms of entertainment. So I decided to lay down a, a really uncensored kind of in-your-face message about the Federal Reserve and the bailout situation. That became the first song, I Want My Bailout Money, and it really caught on. I think it's got almost 100,000 views on YouTube and well over a quarter million downloads from our website. People love the song, and they really resonate with the message. It's, it's even uh, being written up in the Wall Street Journal, if you can believe that. I certainly can. I mean, it is an extremely effective way of getting the word out. Um, how, how about your other song, SSRIs, SSR Lies? Well, that song is about the 
the crimes committed by the psychiatric industry against our children, where they, they try to mass medicate kids with all these mind-altering drugs, drugs that are really street drugs just relabeled as therapeutic pharmaceuticals. And it's a, it's a song based on outrage, and it, it accuses uh, psychi modern psychiatry of being an industry run by criminals and corrupted by big pharma and protected by a corrupt food and drug administration. So it's uncensored. Now, the response to that song has been mixed. Some people absolutely loved it, but it certainly didn't have the mass appeal of the bailout money song. You know, the, the psychiatric industry and big pharma have really brainwashed most of America into thinking that their kids need chemicals to be normal. And it's an insane idea. In fact, I think it's a criminal industry, and that's why I wrote the song. Well, it is an insane idea, and I think that's something that you break down on your site, naturalnews.com, with uh, numerous articles and, and all sorts of information. Um, but I, I, one thing that impressed me about these songs is, is the versatility uh, that's displayed, not only in taking on a, a new form of pr producing truth through hip-hop, but also um, the, the great range of topics that you cover, from the Bankster bailout to the uh, SSRI, SSR lies that are being pumped out by the uh, medical industrial complex. Uh, it's quite a, a range of topics there. Um, what do you think are, are the key things that, that link these things, or, or why are you interested in these types of topics? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, the common element through all of these things is the people being controlled by the elite, powerful corporations and individuals who really, who really run the world. Every song that I write, every article that I write, everything that I've done for the last five years has been focused on speaking up for the people against those tyrants who would try to oppress and control us. And if you take that as a foundation, there are lots of topics that you can go into. You know, you can talk about 9-11 and the war on terrorism. You can talk about vaccinations or the mass fluoridation of, of the public water supplies. You can talk about the food supply. I mean, you can go in all kinds of directions, but they all have that common theme, which is the people. And you know what the most frustrating thing about this is, James, is that Actually, a lot of people don't want to be awakened yet. You know, some are ready for it, and some aren't. Some will defend the very system that is controlling them. It's like in the movie The Matrix. The people that are locked in The Matrix will defend it because they're not yet, they haven't attained that level of consciousness to realize that, that maybe they should have their own power and they should stand up against the system that's trying to control them. Does that, that all make sense? That makes perfect sense, and I think that's a message that will resonate with my listeners, because, of course, I think um, people who listen to the Corbett Report or, or visit naturalnews.com are aware of these types of issues, and also aware of the difficulties that, it, that they can have in trying to bring this information to other people. So, but I think it, it is a rising tide, and I think definitely the, the truth movement in, in all of its various forms is, is on, the, on the rise in in many different ways. And I think today on the Corbett Report, we're discussing the idea of truth music. And uh, you had an interesting statement in your audio commentary for I Want My Bailout Money, that the truth is revealed in hip hop. Uh, could you expand on that for a, uh, expand on that for us just a little bit? Why do you think it's uh, such an important art form? Oh, yeah, great. Thanks for asking that question. Yeah, I found myself listening to a lot of hip hop in, in learning how to, how to sing like a hip-hop artist and how to, how to produce a song like hip-hop. I mean, I actually studied the form to be able to do this. And as I was doing that, you know, sure, I, I ran across all the profanity and all the songs about sex and drugs and partying and all that. But in that, there were also a lot of songs about real hardcore truths, you know, police brutality or those in power keeping those out of power uh, suppressed and oppressed. And I found that, that in hip-hop, what was unique to hip-hop was it was the only form of music in which people felt that it was okay to express their true thoughts and their true ideas. In other forms of music, it's all censored. You know, I mean, you, you think about any other form of music, it's a lot more watered down or censored. But in hip-hop, it's raw. And yeah, there's a lot of profanity in it. I chose not to use profanity in my music, uh, except for a couple mild words that, that are not really that, that bad. <laughs> But, you know, it, the truth really comes out in that form of music, and that's what I wanted to capture. 
Once again, the complete interview with Mike Adams of naturalnews.com is available from the homepage, corbettreport.com. As we discussed in that interview, hip-hop is not only a powerful form of musical expression and an increasingly popular one, but it also has a long, rich history of political activism and truth-telling. Indeed, many of the great hip-hop innovators and artists have been truth-tellers in one form or another, but of course, like any other powerful mode of expression that affects people on a deep level, hip-hop can be used to motivate and empower the masses, or, of course, for the exact opposite purpose. We'll get more into that aspect of hip-hop later in the episode. But right now, let's take a look at some more truth music. I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't mention at this point Payday Monsanto. Probably no song that I've played so far on the Corporate Report podcast has received as much feedback as the song that ended episode 59, Codex Alimentarius. That song was by an artist called Payday Monsanto, and it was a song entitled Lord Russell's Ghost. I would suggest my listeners take a look at the documentation for today's episode to find a link to Payday Monsanto's MySpace account, where you can listen to some of his other tracks. All of them are quite well-polished and extremely hard-hitting. In Lord Russell's Ghost, Payday made use of a clip from Alan Watt, as well as information about Lord Bertrand Russell. Right now I'd like to play another track from Payday Monsanto, this one quite a recent track, called Everybody Knows. Again, it's an extremely hard-hitting track, and I suggest that everyone turn up the volume for this one. Let's listen to Payday Monsanto, Everybody Knows. Adjusted to fit your salary The profane have been blinded by the snakes To snub all of the love from those that are awake They're walking dead, retarded in their bliss Convincing themselves a new world order don't exist Hip-hop's love, what happened to Chris? He didn't get no love from parasitic Zionists Record labels don't want consciousness, it ain't a doubt, bitch In the murder, crack, kill, that's what they about Take a step back with an open mind and you'll accept that Everything I'm spitting is direct fact Culture creations, the science they perfected on Transforming their acolytes into Decepticons Psychopaths run the Pentagon with their weapons drawn This is common knowledge in the upper echelons Everybody knows Everybody knows Everybody knows in the last four years. What say you, General? I say what I've been saying all along. Reinstate the draft. It's the that only... That is completely unacceptable. Negroes and minorities will go crazy. Well, give them their black president and you can kill two birds with one stone. I think the General has a grand idea. To be quite blunt, we'd be able to do whatever we want around the world. I'll run that one up the ladder. Given the extenuating circumstances we find ourselves in, they just might go for it. 
Regardless of whether or not one is interested in hip-hop personally, you at least have to admit that tracks like that one are, if nothing else, extremely interesting and original. Again, Payday has a hard-hitting lyrical style, and I suggest my listeners check out some of his other music as well. Of course, there are many other hip-hop artists that could and should be featured in a Truth Music episode of this podcast, and two that I'd like to mention in particular would be Prodigy of Mob Deep, who recently released a track called Illuminati, which definitely should be listened to, and if possible, you should also watch the video. And just in case there were any doubt as to where Prodigy is coming from on that, I'll post a link to an interesting forum thread from the Prison Planet forum talking about some very interesting writing that Prodigy has been doing recently, exposing the Illuminati connections of people like Jay-Z and Naz. Again, something that we'll get into a little later in this episode. And of course, I'd also like my listeners to take a listen to the recent interview that Alex Jones conducted with KRS-One, an excellent interview with a very memorable comparison that KRS-One came out with, comparing the President of the United States, whether it be Barack Obama or whatever puppet is in charge, with the manager of a Burger King, i.e. the person you'll go to to complain when there's cold fries or your hamburger order is incorrect, but really ultimately just the manager of a one franchise and not the owner of the whole operation. I would say that an easy-to-understand analogy like that that very simply lays out the real power structure behind such things as the presidency indicates not only KRS-One's piercing intellect, but also his ability to lay things out in a very straightforward manner, something that comes across very well in that interview. So again, I'll put a link to that in the documentation section, that, and I think people should check that out, as well as some of KRS-One's work, and of course his music. But as I think truth music is broader than simply hip-hop activism, I'd like to turn to a very different musical genre for our next musician. Known for his distinctive country and western sound, and his proclivity for, shall we say, natural medicines, Willie Nelson stunned a lot of the music world and created international mainstream news headlines in February of last year when he went on the Alex Jones Show to question the official 9-11 story. Since when does America invade all these countries that had nothing to do with 9-11? Yeah, really. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, the way I heard it, there was 15 people from uh, Saudi Arabia hit us in New York, and we go jump on Afghanistan. Uh, I never could figure that one out in Iraq. Well, I did figure it out, too, but... Uh, I'm surprised more people haven't figured it out. Um, Willie, you brought it up. You figured it out. What, what's your take on uh, 9-11? just came out in AP today that the White House was running the commission. We always knew that, but now they admit. In fact, I have the headline right here. I read it before you came on, uh, where they're now admitting that it was a staged, uh, staged commission. Well, that ain't good news, but it's not. it doesn't surprise me. Did it you? No, it didn't. I'm glad it's coming out. Uh, what's your take on 9-11? Do you, do you question the official story? I certainly do, and uh, I saw those towers fall, and I've seen the, an implosion in Las Vegas. Uh, there was too much similarities between the two, and then I saw the building fall that didn't get hit by nothing. So, uh, you know, how naive are we? Or, you know, what, are, what do they think we'll go for? So you, are you saying you started having questions or that little voice in your head? Uh, I mean, did you have a bad feeling the day it happened? Is that what you're saying? The day it happened, I saw one fall, and it was just so symmetrical. And I said, wait a minute, I just saw that last week at the, you know, a, a casino over in uh, Las Vegas. And you see these implosions all the time, and the next one fell. And I said, hell, there's another one. And they're trying to tell me that an airplane did it. And that's, you know, I can't go along with that. And then you find out that mainstream news reported, but it never got any attention, that the supposed hijackers were given national security clearance and were trained at U.S. bases. And the dean of the Defense Language School, Colonel Butler, goes public and says, we train these people, the government's involved, and they start court-martialing until he agreed to shut up. True story, I guess. I hate to hear it, but it's probably true. Uh, you've had a chance to see what Terror Storm, Endgame, some of the other films. What's uh, Willie Nelson's take on those films? Oh, I think they're right on. I think uh, you know the uh, the fact that there are a few elite that are running everything, calling the shots, starting the wars, financing them all. Uh, I believe that. And uh, what else they're doing, uh, who knows? But uh, 
that one thing alone is enough to, for uh, us to think about how do we stop them. Well, the proof is in the pudding. If you've got on every issue 75 to 85 in all the major scientific polls of the people are against everything this government's doing, we send the Democrats to Congress to end the war, they increase it, uh, and now they're saying they're going to be there 100 years, Hillary and McCain. I mean, that to me, that is a small group running things right there in front of us. Absolutely. And uh, as far as I can see, all those people attended the same meetings that you and the guys attended up in Canada. Am I wrong? Oh, no. They, a lot of them do go to the Bilderberg Group. Yes, sir. Yes. Is that freedom? I don't think so. It's not democracy either. For someone of the status and stature of Willie Nelson to come out on such a controversial topic is amazing and commendable. There's very little chance that this position that he's taken will help his record sales or help his popularity, and a lot of chance for the media to smear his reputation, as, of course, Bill O'Reilly did shortly after that interview, just simply referring to him as a pinhead. So it's important for us, regardless, again, of musical taste, to support an artist when they come out on such a controversial topic Again, it's a sign of courage and bravery to take such a controversial stand. So let's honor that stand by listening to an excellent track from Willie Nelson, Whatever Happened to Peace on Earth. There's so many things going on in the world. Babies dying, mothers crying. How much all is one human life worth? And what happened to peace on earth? We believe everything that they tell us. They're gonna kill us, so we gotta kill them first. But I remember a commandment, thou shalt not kill. And how much is a soldier's life worth? And what happened to peace on earth? bewildered herd still believing everything we've been told from our birth hell they won't lie to me not on my own damn tv but how much is a liar's word worth and whatever happened to peace on earth so i guess it's just do unto others before they can do it to you Let's just kill them all and let God sort them out. Is this what God wants us to do? And the bewildered herd still believing everything we've been told from our birth. Hell, they won't lie to me, not on my own damn TV. But how much is a liar's word worth? And whatever happened to peace on earth? You probably won't hear this on your radio Probably not on your local TV But if there's a time and you're ever inclined You can always hear it from me But how much is a picker's word worth? And what happened to peace on earth? But don't confuse caring for weakness you can't put that label on me The truth is my weapon of mass protection And I believe that truth sets you free And the bewildered herd still believing Everything we've been told from our birth Hell, they won't lie to me Not on my own damn TV But how much is a liar's word worth? And what happened to peace on earth? And while we're on the subject of Alex Jones, and we're on the subject of truth music, again, I think I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't play at least one example of one of Alex Jones's, shall we say, more poetic rants brought about by some of his bumper music. Now, listeners to The Alex Jones Show will know that Alex tends to get carried away while listening to some of the bumper music that leads into and out of commercials. And in some cases, 
comes up with some rather breathtaking examples of poetic oratory, like this example from a January 2008 broadcast of The Alex Jones Show, in which Alex is inspired by and riffs on the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter. tribulations, everything we are. And you look at who our heroes are today, basketball players, football players, things that mean nothing today, it'll mean even less tomorrow or next year. No longer is it the people that stand up against tyranny that are the heroes. No longer is it the people that save burning children from a building. No longer is it individuals who invent incredible new technologies. No longer they know how to take your heroes and give you false heroes. They know how to punch your buttons and manipulate you. And it's time that you literally break out of that cage. It's time for you to bust out and break out like the Incredible Hulk. It's time to get wild. There's nothing that can stop us if we just turn it all loose. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I can feel the freedom. through the new world order right now you can stop being a slave right now just a kiss away all these people that hate beauty all these people that hate strength all these people that want to turn you into a pile of Stupid, dull-eyed weakness. They make me sick. And everything in me wants life and green fields and happiness running over. Again, an incredible example of off-the-cuff oratory and, if nothing else, quite entertaining. But as I alluded to earlier in today's episode, just as music can have a positive effect for truth-telling and p empowering people to get out there and spread the truth, 
it can also have the opposite effect. To understand how this is the case, one, as always, needs to follow the money back to the corporate interests that promote those in the music industry who are the big players. Of course, it's difficult for outsiders to the music industry to do that, so it's always helpful when we have an insider telling us what happens behind the scenes. This happened in a recent episode of Alan Watts' Cutting Through the Matrix, where he took a very interesting call from someone in South America who would only go by the name Cool Cree, which of course would stand for Culture Creation. This is a key and very important topic, and one that I think unfolds in a very unexpected way. So let's take a listen to this phone call from the Alan Watts show, Cutting Through the Matrix. Now we'll go to the callers now, and we've got a caller from South America. It's called Cree. Are you there? Yes. Yes, yes. I'm here. I put my name down. It's called Cree for Culture Creator. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, number one, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Alan. I've listened to you for a while. I've been in the culture creation business for over 15 years. Yeah. And as an effort to, to help to educate people, I'm not here to be a whistleblower. Uh, I still do have the understanding that the public is the public, and many of them are so far gone. But there's just a few points that I want to bring to the forefront for those who not only uh, are awake to some degree and are still trying to help other people see, but also for those who, uh, you know, have no ammunition. You know, you don't, they don't have any type of history being a person maybe who works on the inside of a type of industry, such as the entertainment business, yeah. who, who knows things, you know, that, 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 that happen, and we don't discuss these things. You know, when you're an insider, you don't discuss these things. You just do what you do, and you keep it moving. There's something I wanted to bring to the forefront with a number of artists. Uh, you can find a new video on YouTube called Universal Mind Control. The artist's name is Common Sense. This is in the hip-hop genre. And Pharrell, both very big artists. And if you look at the video, you will see Pharrell dressed in a robot head. Now, part of what we're, you've been discussing and part of what anyone who's involved in this business already knows, because we do get eye information from certain sources, there is a blending actually of actually there's a dehumanization of humans yeah. and there is a humanization of machines yeah that's even right. when you look at the transformers the movie when it came out people don't even see the fact that you have this robot talking to you expressing feelings uh uh having emotion and people just sit there like, oh, this is so nice. This is so Look at the special effects. And don't even realize they're being predictably programmed. It's, yes. it's such a simple, simple thing. And, and now within the music, you have an individual, and I'm saying names here because I know what it is and I have no problem in saying this stuff. There's a gentleman there by the name of T-Pain. He uses a voice box called Auto-Tune, and it takes his voice and it moves it to, to, to give it some sort of synthesized sound, which actually takes a human voice and makes it sound more robotic. Yeah. Where on the other side, as I said in the movies, you can see the robots are, being, are becoming more humanized. Mm -hmm. And in the process of this happening, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dialectic that is going to end up in a synthesis. Okay. Oh, oh absolutely. Have... I've got articles here right now, in fact, on that very agenda from the future society, the complete merging with humans and the robot, robots until you can't tell which one is which anymore. Which one is which, exactly. Yeah. And they're starting that by visually by pushing it within the music. Um, what age group would you say it's aimed at? Well, I'll tell you now, uh, Alan, 14... Yep. All the way up to your your 35ers. Um, the, the, the music business is completely fraternal. Okay, yep. it's completely fraternal. Mm -hmm. There is no one that has not made it somewhere that is high level that is not involved in some way, shape, or form in a fraternal order. Now yep. that may be tied to Freemasonry or not. And I'm saying this to the public. I'm not saying this to you, Alan, because you probably already know. People, yeah. if you look at Jay-Z, when he throws up what he says is the diamond or the rock symbol, 
and you see that it is the shape of a triangle, okay? Yeah. That is not a diamond symbol. That is to the profane, as they would say, a diamond symbol. But he can get a concert and have 25,000 people throw up this rock signal, and, and you're looking at it thinking, oh, it's just a, 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 a joke. But when he plays at Glastonbury on a stage that is a pyramid, basically, okay, when this gentleman says certain things in his music like, um, I'm so illuminated, I may glow in the dark, and then his understudy, Kanye West, turns around and takes, uh, uh, if you also look at photos, there's a photo of him and Jay-Z, and actually if you look at the handshake that he gets, he has the apprentice grip that a, a, a mason would give to an apprentice. Jay-Z gave to Kanye because Kanye had not made it yet to uh, the, the, the next levels. Yeah. But in front of the millions of people, he'll do these things and no one sees it. And Kanye comes out with a tour called Glow in the Dark Tour. Now, stated before the verse in one of Jay-Z's songs was, I am so illuminated, I may glow in the dark. And now his understudy comes in with a tour called Glow in the Dark Tour. It is completely esoteric. Yeah. It is completely a play on words that people have no idea. He plays a, a part where he's interacting with the computer in his tour. And I'm talking about people that I know personally, so I'm not saying these things just out of the air. I'm not coming up with this. Yeah. this oh, is, I've met this lots is. of them, too. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah, uh, and, and most of them know, do belong to the OTO. They're... Uh, everyone in the business knows that it's, it's almost mandatory to join it, uh, and you will be asked to join. And they flash their signals all over their album covers all the time. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's in their signal, it's in their covers, it's in the music videos. Look at the backgrounds of many of the music videos. There's a video out with Pharrell and Snoop. There's a point where there's the bottom part of the Masonic accomplishment uh, square. The square is on one side of the screen and the compass is on the other side. And if you know anything about just visual angles, you can see if you put those two together, which once again is the yin and the yang, it's the, the female and the male, it's the, uh, uh, you know, the, the phallus and the, 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 the other female portion. And those two artists being together creates the union. And it is so plain, I can only say to people who are awake. Again, a very interesting phone call. Now, there's a wealth of information out there about the Jay-Z Rockefeller connection. And for a starting point for that information, I suggest that my listeners go to the documentation section for today's episode and take a look at the video which accompanies that phone call put together by famous YouTuber Nuff Respect, which shows a lot of the visual evidence for the Jay-Z Rockefeller connection. But certainly there is something to be investigated in this concept of culture creation, and one key starting point for that information, which was suggested in the phone call, was the Ordo Templi Orientis, or OTO. I will leave my listeners to take a look at that information for themselves, but suffice it to say, it will likely make appearances in further future episodes of the Corbett Report podcast. Of course, Alan Watt is no stranger to this information, because, as we all know, Alan Watt is not Alan Watt. It's, of course, a pseudonym designed to mask the real identity of whoever Alan Watt is. All that we know for sure is that he is apparently quite a famous guitarist, having not only been a session guitarist with apparently some of the largest names in rock music, but also being an accomplished classical guitarist who has even supposedly been on tours of Europe and North America playing solo classic acoustic guitar. Again, a man of much mystery and a very interesting past, so I think it would be appropriate to end today's episode by listening to some of Alan Watt's music. Of course, listeners can go to CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and take a look at all of Alan Watt's audio archives, and there's a vast amount of information there. But as a hint, if you look at December 25th of both 2008 and 2007, you'll be able to listen to original compositions written by Alan Watt and performed by Alan Watt on the acoustic guitar. On December 25th, 2008, Alan Watt released Ombre, a classical guitar composition which I could only describe as absolutely breathtakingly stunning. Again, a man of immense talent. So that brings us to the end of this edition of the podcast. But I'd like to encourage my listeners to take a participatory role in this podcast and leave me some feedback about what you think classifies as truth music and 
and music that you'd like to see f- featured in future episodes of the podcast. Of course, you can always contact us by leaving us a message through the contact form on the homepage. Or now, of course, you can also leave a voicemail message at 512-553-0297. Or, of course, if you are a musician and would like some of your music featured on the podcast in the future, by all means, please send it along and I'll give it a listen. And now I leave you with Alan Watts' Ombre. This is James Corbett, and I hope you join me again next week for another edition of the Corbett Report.